Amen. So you have a card near you or on your chair, and it says believe for it, and on the back it has lines. So you'll want to grab one near you or grab yours on your chair. You might want to use that to write some notes down. You may not, but you're welcome to take it home with you. You just need an extra piece of paper around your house. And we do not need an extra piece of paper around our house, but you may. So feel free to take it. Take as many as you'd like tonight. But you guys, we're starting into a new sermon series. It's going to be about five weeks. Our staff has been praying about this, has been preparing for this, and we are stoked for Believe For It. You may have been hearing the song on the radio, Joy FM. They play a song called Believe For It, and we'll be singing that here in just a little bit. And you may have rec you'll recognize it most likely if you're listening to Christian radio on FM. But that's kind of what this is themed after, but it's not simply believe for it, the song. It's actually going to take on a different different meaning here in just a minute as I unfold what we want to do through this sermon series. But we're so thankful that you're here. We're so thankful that we're ready to close up the summer and move into fall. I'm ready, aren't you? And not just because it's hot, I just think it's fun. Alrighty, so I'm excited about the sermon series. I'm excited about a new season. And we're going to have ice cream to close out the summer tonight. We also have Italian ice, which is dairy-free, gluten-free, and fat-free options. And this is incredible Italian ice. And for those of you that can have dairy, if you can share with someone that has an Italian ice and mix the two, I'm just telling you, it's really good. I've had it. And if you can eat the vanilla ice cream with the cotton candy, but Italian ice, it tastes like summer. Basically, it tastes like summer. It tastes like every chocolate drink in a cup. So make sure you get back there and share a cup with someone and enjoy it. There's plenty for everyone. The flavors will be mango and cotton candy Italian nights and the vanilla ice cream. You're in for a treat, literally, okay? Well, you guys, we're going to believe for it. And we're really calling you guys to um, step into faith with us. Faith for yourselves and, and faith in your home and faith in the lives of the people that you come in contact with and faith in the church. And that's kind of where we're going to be going these next five weeks. We're really calling you to a place of faith where you are believing God for the things that you see he wants to do and that you believe you are needing him to do. So what are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? Well, the thing is, believing God for begins with believing in God. And believing in God begins with trusting that God is. If you have settled that God is, then you can begin to believe God for. After you believe that God is, the next step is in believing God. Not just believing in Him, but believing Him. And that is with trusting that God can. A lot of people will argue parts of the Old Testament, but you listen to me. God can. Amen. I wasn't there. And neither were you. But God can. You see, it begins with believing that God is and then taking the next step to believe that God can. You don't have to have all the answers and you don't have to have all the signs figured out. But if you can have faith that he is and he can, then you can start to believe that he will. And that's when you're believing for it. I know you are God, I know that you can, and I am believing that you will. What are you believing God for these days? Is there something you stopped believing God for? You got weary and gave up? Maybe it's something you got weary praying for yourself? Or for someone else or for something else. Someone asked me, why do people stop believing or believing God for it? They did all these years and all of a sudden they just don't anymore. And I can't psychoanalyze what happened in their life. 
But I know that these are some factors, often. Disappointment became their filter. Trust issues matured. Deep hurt never healed. Or simply looking for proof in the wrong pudding. You see, people that stop believing God for have probably ventured through one of these things. But if we would take inventory of his hand at work, I like to say, if we would check out the Lord's resume, what does that mean? Well, let's see. If I'm applying for a job and Eric is, is hiring and I go to the job that Eric is hiring and I have experience, he has a need and I have experience. Are you with me? If you stop believing God for, if you're struggling with doubt, I just want to say, check God's resume. You have a need, and he has experience. Is that good, church? And just for starters, he put the stars in place, and he knows you by name. His resume is pretty full. If you found that you stopped believing God for, fill in the blank, maybe it's time to start believing him again. But first, take inventory of his handiwork. Check out his resume. He has experience and you have a need. Believe for him to come through again. Step back, God, I believe that you are. I believe that you are God, and I am not. You are God. First things first. And I don't know about everything that happened that is accounted for in the Old Testament, but I know that you can. Amen. And when people want to argue with me, I can say, you know, those are great questions. But I know a God who can. Amen. I believe the sea parted. I believe Jonah was well on it. We saw recently of a man that got swallowed by, well, not literally swallowed, but into the mouth of a whale and was spit up. It can happen. It's physically possible. And the oil that just kept flowing for the woman in need, I believe he can do it. And I believe that he did. But either way, I believe he can. So believe for him. 360, you see that 360 degrees there? That's going to take life now. We live life in circles. You may see your life as one big circle. You may see that starting with yourself and everywhere you go and everything you do is one big circle. But what we're going to do through this series is more like this. You your home, your church, everywhere you go, is gonna be its own circle. As we process this together for the next five weeks or so, we're going to be talking about individual circles, not because we want you to be a different person everywhere, because that's an integrity message for a different time, but because we believe that when we are in, with this circle, there are needs. And when we're this circle, there are needs. And what I'm believing for in my family is not always the same thing that I'm believing for in my church. Are you with me? Amen. So we aren't looking at it as one big circle, although you could. We're looking at it as individual circles. But we are living our life in these circles. And I do pray, and I will call you to be the same everywhere, if you would. That really gives your faith a good punch, okay? Integrity is important. Amen? Amen. So be the same everywhere. That's not what this is about. This is about living life in different circles with different people that have different needs, including and starting with me. Starting here. So we live our life in circles. And everywhere I go, I see people and I see stories. Typically when I'm in a room and it's busy and I'm not necessarily with a person one-on-one, -on -one, I see all these people and I kind of see their stories. 
I don't always get it right in my mind, but I can kind of see what's going on. I see the faces they're making, I see the stress that they're holding into, or I see the victory that they're walking with, and I see kind of their story. I don't just see the person. Next time you're people watching, try to see their story. It's really cool. And sometimes you end up praying for people you don't even know because you see their loss. You see their burden. You see their weight. And as they walk by in the mall or at the coffee shop, you say, Lord, lift their head. Lift their heart. Everywhere I go, I see victories and I see losses. I see potential. Most of the time when I'm sitting across the table from someone, I see great potential. But as I look around, a lot of times I see people settling. Not necessarily like a, a humble compromise, if you will, but more like settling because they've stopped believing that there could actually be victory, that there could actually be more, that there is life and freedom worth believing for. Next time you're in a crowded room, take a look around. It's interesting what you'll see. It's interesting what you'll experience. Now for me, when I look in the mirror myself, I don't just see me. Now I'm starting to see some wrinkles. We'll talk about that later, okay? I, I could use some cream if I had any. Um, but I see what I've overcome. Amen? When I look in the mirror, I see all that I've overcome. And I could just boo-hoo. Because listen, I am not where I am headed, but I am not where I have been. Amen? Can you stay with that tonight? And when I look in the mirror, I can celebrate that I've come a long way, baby. And I can give God all the glory for it. Amen. And when I look in the mirror, I see how far I've come. And I see what I've overcome. But I also see what I'm overcoming. It's clear that I'm in motion. That I'm in transformational motion all the way to heaven. I am still overcoming, and I can see that too. And I'm thankful for vision to be able to see both so that I can celebrate and keep my hand on the plow for my heart, if you will. But I can tell you this, as I already said, the Lord God Almighty is the smack dab center subject of my story. His saving grace and his audacious love for me is literally the wonder-working power at work in me. And the only reason I stand here, and the only reason I'm able to, and my stubborn faith will absolutely not let me believe in anything other than a miracle-working God. Because if you haven't heard the story, then you don't know, but listen, I'm a miracle. And so my stubborn faith won't let me believe in anything but a miracle-working God. Amen. You don't have to ask me twice to believe for it. And if you do, then just remind me who I was. My stubborn faith, that's the only time that's a good attribute, friends. <laughs> that stubborn faith that refuses to give in to doubt that refuses to give disappointment a place at the table, that refuses to stare at failure. My stubborn faith that will not let go of a miracle working God. It has pushed me and it has brought me to believe for it. I won't even talk about the church yet. People call us foolish. I said, my God can do it. And he has. And he is. Amen? Amen? And he is. So this is, I'm so excited. You tell. This is going to be a great series. And this is going to be a journaling series. So those of you that journal, 
don't raise your hands, but I tend to feel like there's probably not as many that are in the room, okay? I believe there's a lot of people here that don't journal. I have never been a journaler. I, I don't enjoy writing. I don't like writing. This is stretching me too. I'm a memorizer. I'm a thinker. I'm a listener. When I hear it, I can repeat it back to you most times. I don't need to write it. But God is telling me to write it. And so guess what we're going to be doing together? You're taking this journey with me. We're going to be journaling. That will stretch some of you. Some of you won't even do it. That's fine. That's your choice. Take the series with us anyway. Take the journey. We're selling journals for a dollar in the fellowship hall after service. If you do not have one, please grab one. If you don't have a dollar, just grab one. But take this journey with us. Use your paper tonight if you need to. We'll provide these every week. So know that this can be your journal through this series. I would encourage you to get a good pen that you like and a journal because it's going to be a great, great journey. But this is going to be a journaling series. And the reason is, you'll see here in just a second as it unfolds, but the reason is because we want you to take inventory each week of a couple of things. And we're going to walk through those things together. But first, the passage of scripture that we're going to be starting this series with comes from Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. And it starts with this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now to him. That's where we're starting. Now to him who is able. I love this phrase, to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. You see what's happening here is I don't even know that I can think up all that he can do. Let alone asking him to meet the need of what I can think up. So he is the one that's able to do immeasurably more. That's the one we're believing for. That's the one we're believing in. The one that can do immeasurably more. All that we can ask or imagine. Amen. And then look at this blessing. According to his power. The one that can do all of that. His power at work within us. To him be the glory. In the church and in Christ Jesus. Throughout all generations. And we just talked about that for a little bit. Didn't we? Forever and ever. Amen. This is one of my favorite passages. I can't wait to be breaking it down with you throughout the weeks. And I won't even talk about what's before that much, except it talks about how we need to understand the love of God. And how high and wide and long and deep is the love of God. Now to him. Maybe if we just stepped into his love a little deeper, we believe a little harder. So anyway, here we go. This is what we're journaling. Are you ready? Got your pen? Got your papers? Here we go. All right. Four questions every week. What circles do I frequent? I will give you a second to write and I will expound. We will be breaking down four subtitles for this series. They will be self, home slash family, church and wherever I go. But you are welcome to do as many circles as you would like and use all the principles that we teach here. What circles do I frequent? Number two, what miracles have already taken place? So this would be the question you would ask for each circle. What miracles have already taken place? Number three, what miracles are yet to come? Again, you're asking these questions for each circle that you identify as we work through this series together. What miracles are yet to come? And four, how does God want to use me to accomplish it? How does God want to use me to accomplish it? 
And we're gonna start back at one. What circles do I frequent? Next slide. So these will be the four that we will visit here on Saturday nights, the next four Saturday nights, this entire series. These will be the four that we specifically identify. You are willing and totally welcome to add to this any other circles that you would like to add. Although, wherever I go, it could be whatever you'd like it to be. That could be your job, that could be your favorite coffee shops, your favorite restaurants, it could be all of it. But these will be the four that we specifically highlight over the next four Saturdays as we talk through this Believe For It series together. And we'll be asking these questions each week as we visit each of these circles. Number two. What miracles have already taken place? So what this is saying, the four places that we just noticed, if you look at this, what miracles have already taken place? As we visit each circle, this is going to be the question that you ask as we visit the circle of self. Because if it doesn't start here, friends, we're in trouble. What miracles have already taken place here? That's looking in the mirror and seeing what you've overcome. Because I'm here to tell you, when you see it in the mirror and look what you've already overcome, it sure gives you some momentum to believe that he can do even more. Amen? When you're sitting with your family who feels like it's falling apart or just has a major need, if you can look back at what he's already done, it sure does give us some belief and some hope and some energy into believing that he can do some more. Wherever I go, if I can sit in my favorite restaurants, my favorite coffee shops, and see how he's already connected the right people at the right time and the right relationships that are growing, then I can believe that he can do even more. I won't even talk about your job. You'll hear about that in a few weeks. And then the church. As I look back and I see all the miracles that have already taken place. I could dance, y'all. I can dance and get excited because he's about to do more. And I can believe him for it because I see his resume. I see his track record. If you are still staring at the past, the devastating past, I would encourage you to fast forward a little bit. Because in the recent past, this church is alive. And he has done it. And you have much to be encouraged about. And you have every reason to live with momentum into what he's going to do next. Our faith is built we know that God is, and we see that God can, because we see what he's already done. And we begin to look forward to the next question. What miracles are yet to come in me? What miracles are yet to come in my family? Is there a part of my heart that's still hard? Is there a piece of that stronghold that just doesn't want to let go? Is there a part of my mind that seems to be an open vessel for doubt and fear and lies? Well, I see all that God has done in me, and I believe he can do even more in your home, in your family. All that he has done builds the strength in believing and moving forward that he can do even more. When you identify each week, we will do it together, and you will journal throughout the week, but when you identify the miracles that are yet to come, but you miss the step of what has already taken place, you are lacking a vital piece of faith. It is important that you take these 
in order. God has given these questions just as they are. And what miracles have already taken place give us the gumption and the zeal to move into believing him for what's to come. Amen. Keep these questions in order. And four, how does God want to use me to accomplish it? What is it? The miracles yet to come. Yes, he wants to use you. Yes, he sees you. Yes, he's chosen you. Yes, he believes that you can. Yes, he wants your hands and your feet to be his hands and his feet. He wants this vessel to have his power so that he can accomplish great things through you. He wants to. But here's how we break it down. How does God want to use me? Well, here's the question I would ask. Does he want to use me or do I need to get out of the way? Because sometimes he says, I'm just going to need you to get out of the way. That's still using you. Not because you're in the way or you're a terrible person or you've got it all wrong. No, sometimes he just needs to do it a different route. He needs to take a different route sometimes than through you for certain things. So how do you want to use me to accomplish it? Well, first of all, do you want to use me or not? Do I need to step in or step out of the way? Those are important questions in this question. This question has bullet points, if you will. So do you want to use me by stepping in? Or do you want to use me by stepping out of the way? How does God want to use me? Remember, this is a God work. So don't insist on your own way. Don't insist that it goes your way. Or you might have to get out of the way. This is God. His results. His way. His power. According to His power that is at work within you. Remember, He is able. We have to trust Him with the results. We have to believe that his hands have perfectly knit together the route that is needed for the next miracle and release power to him. How? Well, step in or step out of the way. But either way, Lord, this is your work. If you want to use me, I'm in sync with you. I'm in sync with you. Use me? So let's say, I want to use you to step in, or I want to use you to get out of the way. That doesn't mean you have no part in how he accomplishes the next miracle. Because if you are standing by, you can pray. Do you remember what I said about standing in the middle of the mall and seeing people's pain as they walk by? I will probably never speak to that person, but I believe that God used me to encourage them as I prayed. It's not always for me to step in and do something. Sometimes it's step back and pray. So use me, how? Pray. How else? Believe in faith. Believe in faith. That he can do it. And that if he wants to use me, he can have me. Don't throw your resume of mistakes back at him. He's already seen it. Don't try to convince him not to love you. It won't work. Don't try to tell him how terrible you are. He was there. He's going to say, I know. And I'm still choosing you. You might be the worst kickball player on the team, but he wants you first on his kickball team. We're all wanted on the team. So don't try to be like, no, 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 no. You don't know my past. No, 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 no. Yes, he does. He wants to use you, whether it is to pray at a distance or to step in and believe in faith that he can actually use you. And then this is super key. 
We have to let the love of God and the grace of Christ be our command center. We all have a command center. Decisions that we make, when it comes from, why we're choosing that, all these commands that are telling us to do it this way or do it that way or self-protect or all the command centers that are at work in, inside of us constantly, either pushing us to live for the good or pushing us to live for ourselves, right? You know the command center I'm talking about? The love of God and the grace of Christ must be our command center. Because there are going to be days in the midst of waiting for the next miracle in your family where you've got something to say about it. And it doesn't line up with the Bible. And you're going to have to hush it. And then there's times he's going to say, speak it in love. But this is key. The love of God and the grace of Christ must be our command center as we wait on his miracle working power. Now if you make a mistake, he's bigger, amen? But I want to learn how to have a command center that just hears and knows the voice of God and knows and seeks and will open my Bible and find how Christ responded to that. Turn the pages till I find it. What does the Word of God say about this? I'm tired of knee-jerk reactions, aren't you? I can tell you this, I'm tired of the blame game, aren't you? Let the love of God and the grace of Christ be your command center because He wants to use you to accomplish His will. What a privilege. In some ways, what a party. And he wants to use me to accomplish it. Well, I can tell you this. Once it's accomplished, eternal glory. Yes. Have you ever seen a miracle? Eternal glory. Yes. Have you experienced a miracle? Eternal glory. And the word of God in Ephesians 3, 20, says, through generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. That was fast. Throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. When he accomplishes it. And you were on the sidelines with the greatest pom-pom ever being the biggest cheerleader of God. And then he said, get in the game, I want to use you. And it's accomplished eternal glory through generations, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, church. We get to be part of his wonder-working power. Here. Here. Here and all out there. I want to see miracles at my favorite coffee shop. I can't wait to see what he does on me to do. I see, I go there frequently, and I see people, and we know each other. I can't wait to see, he's probably going to tell me to get out of the way and hush. That's probably what he's going to tell me to do. But I can't wait to see the miracle. I can't wait to see who's going to get saved. I can't wait to see who's going to come home. Because this church is believing in a God who is and a God who can. I can't wait to see how he grows me, how he shapes me, what he does in my family, in my home, in my neighborhood, and in my church. So what are you going to do this week? Here's some instructions. This week, in your journal, I'd like for you to take some pages, maybe a page, maybe a couple of pages, however you'd like to do it, and identify the people or places in your circles. If you're not journaling, that's okay. Lock this away like I do. Lock it away. It's interesting when you hear this tonight, how by Monday you'll be going somewhere and you'll be like, oh, this is a circle I'm in. And you didn't write it down. 
You need to know you're listening. I've just said it a lot, okay? Identify the people and the places in your circles. And you're welcome to use the four that we have shown you here tonight repetitively of self, home, or family, church, and wherever I go. But identify the people and the places in your circles throughout your week, the circles you frequent. And then pray. This week, pray every day and ask God to prepare your heart for this series. Ask him to expand your faith. And when doubt creeps in at three o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday, speak these words. God is able. Say it after me. God is able. Say it again. God is able. We all know there can be moments where we're just not sure that it can happen. That's why some people stopped believing. Because they stopped believing and saying and clinging to the truth that God is able. When it gets really hard, when it gets really dark, when it seems doubtful and you're staring at failure or disappointment creeps in, God is able. Speak it over your heart, speak it over your mind, speak it over your family, speak it over this church, speak it over the prayer requests that we send out each week, God is able. God is able. God is able. And if that's all you can write on your journal, at the bottom of your paper tonight, then write God is able. Y'all, I'm ready to see some miracles. I'm ready to see a miracle. I've seen so many. I'm ready to see some more. I'm ready to see a mountain moved. I'm ready to see a sea split. You out there? I'm ready to see a sick man healed. I'm ready to see the blind see and the lost come home and the abundant oil that is there until the need is over. I'm ready to see chains broken and strongholds gone. If you've ever dealt with a stronghold, then I know you know. If you've lived with someone that's dealt with a stronghold, I know you know. I'm ready to see chains broken and strongholds gone. I want to see land reclaimed and souls saved. I want to see miracles in your home, in your family. I want to see miracles in this church. I want to see miracles in me. I want to see miracles in you. And I want to be surrounded by people that are believing God for it. That we can believe together. I have a great memory. This winter, I sat out in the foyer with a lovely woman whose great-granddaughter was coming to church, and she was bringing her. And this precious woman and I were talking one night, and she asked me to pray. Will you just pray for my family? Will you pray for my granddaughter? Will you pray for my family that they'll come to church, that they'll be here? And I said, I would be honored to pray for your family with you. And we prayed together. We pray with faith believing that God is and that God can. And on Easter, this family showed up because great-granddaughter was performing in the sign language that the girls did here on the steps. Well, tonight, it's an honor to say that the very granddaughter we were praying for is going to be baptized. Just take a look at what he's done. He is able. And he's not finished. He's not finished. I'm ready to see a miracle. I know a God who can, and I'm believing him for it. Your greatest need 
Check his experience. He's got it. If you struggle in the area of faith, let my faith be contagious. Let our staff's faith be contagious. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. We don't have it all together. But here's what I want to say. You're probably not going to be called to plant a church. And if you are, we will send you like a champ. But you're called to do something. He wants to use you to accomplish something. And when I sit in staff meetings on Mondays, I sit with a group of people that believe that God can do big things. I'm amazed at the hearts and the faith leader that sits in that room with me. And I am so thankful. And if you are struggling in the area of faith, let's talk. Let's connect. Talk to one of us. We would love to talk to you. We would love to connect with you. We would love to have coffee with you. Be careful, I'm believing in a mirror club, a coffee shop, okay? But let our faith be contagious. Let our faith be contagious. Like I said, it might not be a church that God's calling you to plant, but it's something. He has something for you to do. And he wants his power to be the driving force in you. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to have all the answers. We still don't. But it's his power that is at work within us. If Tina and Paige and my mom would come, we're gonna close out with a song here in just a second. The song I mentioned earlier. But there came a point with Jesus and his disciples in Matthew 17, 20, where this statement was made. Matthew 17, 20. I'll give a back, background story first, but it's okay. So Jesus' disciples were with some um, demon-possessed, and, and the disciples tried to cast out those demons, and, and it didn't happen. And they asked, why weren't we able to cast them out? And I don't believe that anyone in here is supposed to cast out demons. That's not what this is about, okay? But listen, they said, why weren't we able to cast out the demons? And he says, you have little faith. And then he says these words. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. What's amazing when I think about that story is the disciples struggled with faith in that moment. But if you turn the pages a couple of chapters later, after he resurrected from the grave, and they're looking at a resurrected Savior, and one of them even looking at the, the holes in his hand to prove that it was him, they had great faith. They realized, oh, he is who he says he is, and he'll do what he says he'll do. And those very disciples that weren't able to cast out demons in that day, after the resurrection, where they had all faith, all belief, all hope in Jesus, and all knowledge that God the Father is in charge and in control and is working through his son, and now he is resurrected from the grave, when they went and became apostles and began to tour and wake the church up, bring it to life, they were casting out demons. They were performing miracles. Like I said, I'm not sure anyone here is supposed to cast out a demon, but I know this, he wants to use you to accomplish something for his kingdom and for his glory. And when doubt sets in, remember the grave is empty. When doubt sets in, remember all that he's done. When doubt sets in, look at his experience. You have a need, and he has experience. These mountains can be moved. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, all that we could ask or imagine. Let me pray. Lord, we're believing you for it. And we're going to let you fill in the word it. We know some needs in our hearts. 
We know some needs in our home. We know some needs in our church. We know some needs in our community. But Lord, as we sit with you and we write those things down, help us to have space for what you say. Help us to hear what you are saying, the things that you want to do. But God, help us to not miss all that you have done. And if nothing else comes to mind, help us to remember the grave is empty, that we serve a risen Savior, that you did that, and you can do this, that you've got us and these mountains that are in front of us. You can move them through us. We can speak to them with faith, but God, we know that it's your power. We know that it's your might at work within us. We don't claim it as our own. We claim that we need you. That the wonder-working, miraculous power comes from you. But Lord, we want to learn more of you in this series. We want to expand our faith in this series. We want to leave each week believing even more in you and even more for you to do what you said you would do. Help us to not be in the way, but if you ask us to move, prompt us to pray. Help us be people that don't just see people, but see stories. Help us to be people that look in the mirror and don't find what's wrong, but to see what we've overcome, yet not miss what we're overcoming. And help us to see others the same. See what they've overcome, not just stare at what they're overcoming. Help us to be people with a command center of your love and your grace so that we can see souls saved, Mountains moving, seas split, oil flowing, waters aligned, and stones rolled away. Our eyes are open, Lord, and they're on you. Our hearts are open, Lord, and they're open for you. Our ears are open, Lord, and they're listening for you. Meet us this week as we journal. Meet us this week as we think back on this message. Meet us this week as we look for what you've already done and to what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Church, amen. 